Welcome to Limitless with Abby Scholes. I hope that this podcast encourages you by sharing stories of West Texas A&M University faculty, students, and graduates. Additionally, I hope it challenges you to become a better person. This is Abby Scholes, and I hope you enjoy this episode where I use my voice for his purpose. Now let's meet our guests and show the world how we all can be limitless. Today on episode nine of Limitless, I have Natalie Kaborik, um on Zoom, which is awesome that I have the ability to connect um, with people all over. And so thank you so much for joining, Natalie. Yeah, of course. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, it's been fun um, to kind of follow you on social media. I don't know if we've actually, oh wait, yeah, we have met in person like one or two times um, at NAYI one year, but um, it's been really fun to watch along and um, see what your family is doing on the ranch. So um, the question we ask everybody on the podcast is what in your life or who in your life has encouraged you to be limitless? You know, that is such a good beginning question. It just dives right into it. I think I would have to say probably my dad and my grandfather. Um, I didn't kind of growing up, I didn't, I think growing up, we in agriculture sometimes take for granted our youth, right? Whether that's who we're around or the lifestyle we're living. And so it wasn't until a little bit later on in my years, that I kind of realized how influential my dad and my grandpa were in the cattle industry. And so looking back now on some of the things they've done, especially my grandpa making some early decisions, you know, back in, um, probably the forties, fifties, um, I think they always encouraged me to do things a little bit differently, um, and really go after like things that are placed on my heart. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool to have people behind you supporting you, just encouraging you all the way because um, those people are crucial to our success. So it's, you, so it's cool you've had the opportunity and people to surround you like that. Um, kind of tell our listeners uh, who you are, um, where you live, and a little about yourself. Yeah, sure. So my husband and I ranch in the central um, Nebraska area. We're right on the border of the Sand Hills. We have a cow-calf operation, and then we're also growing um, a small registered Black Angus herd, too. Um, I have three sons that are on the ranch here with me, and I'm actually a Nebraska transplant. So I was born and raised in southwest Montana on a cattle ranch, and honestly, I never really envisioned um, being married to agriculture and kind of remaining in agriculture. I got my degree in pharmacy, and so when I met my husband, I was actually living in Montana and practicing pharmacy in a bigger city in Montana. And so when we met, um, I kind of had to make that choice of if I wanted to return back, you know, to a ranch and, um, become, you know, quote unquote, a ranch wife. And, um, (laughs) obviously I did, and I'm very glad I did, but, um, it was just kind of a turn of events. I never really saw coming. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's um, cool that you were able to adapt and willing to do that because even if you didn't see how that, you know, how the path of your life would go, um, you were so willing to go and do kind of what God had called you to do. And so that's awesome. So um, share a little about your social media kind of life. Um, that's really amped up in the last couple of years. And so share with our listeners how you got there. I'm sure it hasn't been easy road to get there. So share with them how you got there. Yeah, it was very accidental. (laughs) Looking back, I have learned one thing about me is I make a lot of decisions based off of intuition, um, more so than I do off of like a well laid out plan, which can, you know, make some people a little uneasy. When I moved here to Nebraska, we live in a pretty small town. We live outside of a town of 2000. And so there was 
you know, a pharmacy in town as well as a small critical access hospital. But at the time, no one was hiring. And my husband and I had made the decision that I would not commute to a larger city to pick up a pharmacist job. Um, so instead of just, you know, hanging out on the ranch and relaxing in some free time, I decided to start a direct consumer beef business with a childhood friend. And that was really my first introduction to social media beyond using it for personal reasons. And honestly, the two years that I did that direct consumer beef business is where I really, I would say honed my craft for social media and really learned to understand it as like a marketing tool, um, beyond it just being a connection tool. So I did the beef business for two years and then I'll never forget. I was down at a conference in Omaha. Actually, it was a farmer to farmer event. And one of the panels there was YouTube speaking. And there was an employee of YouTube who was presenting and their job was to run like back end analytics of YouTube and like analyze trends and like, you know, be deep in the numbers portion. And they presented that they had never seen, you know, an industry or a topic essentially skyrocket on the back end of YouTube, like they had seen and were seeing farming do. And it kind of just clicked for me in that moment, the, like literally the moment I heard that I thought, gosh, there, when it comes to business, that's what everyone wants, right? Like is a demand for your product. And I thought, gosh, the, the demand is there. Like people are craving to watch farming, agriculture content. And at the time, a lot of the bigger names on YouTube were all around crops and farming. And I thought, gosh, there's got to be something, a little bit of a space maybe to inserting myself into this and trying it from a cattle livestock end, because that's mostly what we do on our operation. And so we came home from that conference and I told my husband, you know, we'd kind of been in this point where we were thinking of transitioning out of the direct consumer beef business, but I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And so when we got back from that conference, I told him, you know, I think maybe I could give YouTube a go and see what it's like building my own personal brand instead of a brand around a business. And I don't really remember if Luke was like hesitant against it or all for it. Um, But at the end of the day, I ended up doing it. Um, And I would say, you know, I had my personal Instagram page and then my personal YouTube page. And that was kind of, I would say, the start of um, what I'm sharing now and like what I've kind of built now. Oh, that's awesome. And it's been cool to see, like I followed along, um, honestly for a while, probably four or five years, maybe more, I don't know. And, but it's been cool, like see the progression of your brand, you know, starting from kind of the beginning of, um, just sharing your life on social media. It's cool to like, see the connection that people want to have, um, you know, with influencers like yourself, I guess you want to call it. It's, I feel like that has such a bad name, but you are an influencer in the ag industry for sure. And so, um, it's fun to see them like, you know, you just shared your life and people thought it was interesting enough to follow along. And so I think that's cool that you just took a chance and you're like, Hey, I don't know if this is going to work, but, um, just tried it out. And so what advice would you give, um, to somebody who kind of has an entrepreneurial spirit like yourself, um, that maybe wants to give something a go, but isn't sure, um, if it's for them or if they should do it. Yeah. I, I know it is so cliche and a lot of people say it, but you have to just try it. Like get started is my advice because you'll never really know. Um, if you don't, I have a favorite saying that is clarity comes through action. And I think a lot of people get kind of paralyzed in the beginning, um, you know, with questions or maybe barriers of like how to enter or, um, things that are kind of, uh, roadblocks to start. 
And you want to have a perfectly laid plan for all of those um, before you start. Cause that what's, you know, makes us feel most comfortable as humans, right? Is, you know, having a reassuring plan that means we no. won't fail and our ego won't get bruised and we won't have to deal with, you know, the failure and all the um, aspects that come with that. But I, looking back, I never could have properly prepared for anything I was doing. Cause I just, you can't see it, you know, until you're in it. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities that were presented to me along my journey that have got me to where I am now that probably never would have came my way if I wouldn't have got started. And I never could have got to that point starting, you know, with those opportunities. And so it's like, you have to just put one foot in front of the other. You have to, you know, focus on the first step of the staircase instead of, you know, the first floor mm -hmm. and you have to just get started. And then you have to learn. I think a lot of business and entrepreneurship is like, once you get started, it's learning to like tweak and pivot and like keep the momentum going. Yeah. And again, the only way to really do that is like that clarity that will come through action of like moving along the road and like continuing at a pace forward. Yeah, that's very true. And like, so that can be applied to so many areas of your life. Sometimes the hardest part is just starting and being willing to step outside your comfort zone and doing it. And so I think that's awesome advice. And if you're anyone who's listening and you're on the fence about something, like just do it. Like, even if it fails, like you'll still learn so much from that and you'll know more about yourself at the end um, versus if you had never done it before. So my encouragement um, to you is just to do it. Um, so kind of changing up gears. Um, you kind of mentioned you grew up in Montana, Natalie. Um, we have a our kind of range of listeners is from like 18 to 30. So kind of broad, but somewhat specific, if you will, mostly females at this time. Um, but share with them just kind of some tips you wish you would have known um, in your younger years. Um, can be anything from life to professional advice, just a little bit of advice, I guess. Yeah, we actually did a recent Discover Ag podcast episode on our top advice. Um, so I can, I'll pull a couple from that, but if you guys are looking to like deep dive, um, or want more <laughs> around this topic, our latest, um, hot off the press advice episode would be really good. Uh, one of the things I did talk about there, the lot that I actually think is a core component of success across the board, whether it's personal or professional is bravery. I was listening to the latest Britney Spears book, uh, which is a wild book. You guys, you should listen to it. Even if you weren't a Britney fan, um, cause I never really was growing up honestly, but her story is really fascinating. And there was one point in the book where she talked about how she wished she would have been braver to do different things. And it just really stuck with me in that moment because I have a whole keynote built around like taking risks and being brave. It's something I think has always come naturally to me. I just didn't realize how much of a um, attribute it really has been to my life. And then to hear someone as successful, uh, you know, whether she's had her ups and downs and her bumps and bruises really, truly is like successful um, to say they wish, you know, they would have been braver throughout their life just really stuck with me that someone of her status and um, how far she's gone still has regrets around bravery and wishing she'd been braver to try different things and, you know, experiment. And so I talk a lot about learning to be brave and like harnessing that throughout your life. And then in the episode, I also, one thing I wish I would have started younger is really learning to hone my intuition better and trusting myself more. I think it's really easy nowadays, especially as young women to get caught up in um, seeking counsel for our actions from other people, you know, whether it's like a mentor that we should be, or maybe a friend that like, doesn't necessarily deserve, you know, to be giving us advice or someone we're seeking out that 
hasn't ever, you know, meant to try what we're doing. Like maybe we're seeking advice from a good standpoint or a bad standpoint, but I think we like off shoulder that a lot. And I think when it comes down to it, um, you know, we truly know what's best. And I think we, the better and more connected you are into your intuition, which we all have. I just think some of us are more in tune to it. And some of us have like really lost the ability to like, listen to our gut. Um, but I think life is infinitely easier when we start trusting our own intuition, we can like rely on other people less. And I just think it helps like hone that confidence muscle of us too. Yeah, that's so true. And I think, um, kind of what you're saying of like, it's kind of a learned skill almost. And you have to, in exactly what you're saying of like, you have to be wary of like who you allow to speak into your life. I mean, there'll be people everywhere that say like, oh, that's a terrible idea. Like you should never do that. But you know, all good ideas like started with a brave person that shared it with like the right person. And then the idea took off because two minds got together. And so it's just being cognizant of being willing to, or being conscious of who you're sharing with your information. Yeah. So Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx, which I'm not sure if you're an 18 year old girl, if you know what Spanx is, you, <laughs> you should if don't you don't quite need it yet, <laughs> but, um, she's a phenomenal female founder. And I was listening to her story on a podcast and she said she actually intentionally didn't tell anyone about her idea for Spanx for a whole year. She kept it very private and close to her heart and just worked on it on herself. Um, because she said she knew that if she told it to other people, they would come out with her, um, whether for good reason or bad. Like a lot of times, you know, our family and our loved ones will kind of try and keep us safe because they don't want to see us like failure or hurt either. So she said she just knew that people would come at her with all the reasons of why it wouldn't work out or why she shouldn't do this, why she shouldn't leave her job, you know, like all of the reasons not to. And she's like, I didn't want to have to like weed through that and like carry around some of those questions myself. And so, yeah, I think there's something really valid to being like, who do I share this idea with, or this feeling with, um, do I, do I keep it to myself and work through it? Or do I share it with the right person? Um, which sometimes again, is like another skill you don't really learn and realize that you need to pay attention to until later in life. Yeah, that's really valuable. And I think it's, um, yeah, very wise of her just to not like do that. And I think that's great advice just for anybody that if you have an idea, um, obviously you get really excited about it sometimes. And like, that's how it was with this podcast. And it was hard, honestly, like for me just to not go out and like share it right away, even though it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like I'm not founding a huge company or anything, but, um, our first like intuition, I guess is to share it with the people we love and share it with those people. But sometimes it's, uh, yeah, wise just to keep it to yourself and, um, make it, almost perfection before ever, you know, releasing it, even if obviously there'll be flaws, but working on it as best you can. So that's really good. Um, we kind of talked about this beginning, so it might be the same answer. And if it's, if it is, that's okay. Um, but who has been the most influential person in your life and why Natalie? Yeah. So I can give a different answer than what I said at the beginning to kind of, um, I guess add a little more depth to it, but I also attribute my husband to a lot of the growth I have experienced as a person over the you know last five or six years of this online journey, he has been so supportive. And I really don't think I would be doing some of the things. Actually, no, I wouldn't because um, I probably physically couldn't, <laughs> uh, you know, leave home and leave our littles and, um, you know, take some of the financial risks and just a lot of different things if my husband hadn't been on board and so supportive. And so I'm really grateful that, um, he allows me to grow in that capacity as his partner. Um, and also he, you know, he's really influential to me because he's also growing at the same time. Um, 
we both grew up in agriculture. I'm technically fourth generation and he's technically fifth, but you know, our operation is first generation. And so seeing him and everything that he has worked on before we got married and then continues to work on and grow now, um, is really inspiring and influential to me because, um, you know, everyone, if you're young and ag, you know, it's not easy to break into production ag. And so it's just seeing him chase after some of those, you know, cattle industry dreams and really putting things into place in motion on our operation, um, continues to inspire me to do the same with what I'm growing and building online. That's awesome. And I um, just recorded an episode this morning, actually, um, with somebody who um, was close to me and we were discussing um, just like relationships and you should find somebody that pushes you to be the better version of yourself than you were yesterday. And um, yeah, I think that's really important. It's obviously key. Like you see that in you and Luke's relationship, like, I don't even know y'all personally, but <laughs> outside in, like you can see, like you guys collaborate on stuff well together and you just do life together, which is what we're supposed to do. So that's awesome. So if you're yeah. a young girl and you're trying to find <laughs> your soulmate, if you will, uh, it's worth the wait. I don't know if you can say the same, Natalie, but that's my, no, advice. it definitely is. We got married, you know, I was, uh, 29 when we got married and so it was later in life. And I will agree exactly what you said. It is worth the wait. Um, honestly, this should probably be my advice to my younger self and to everyone listening is, um, marriage is, is really, hard. You know, it's a big deal. Like I would honestly argue that it's probably one of the biggest decisions you will make throughout your entire life is who you marry. And so making sure you have that right list, the things that are on there are truly the things that are important to you. Um, you know, not what you think should be important or what other other people tell you are important in a spouse or what, you know, was important to your friend and their spouse or your parent and their spouse or your sibling and theirs. Um, I think you have to be really intentional and know like what is important to you in your spouse and like what's important to balance out with your personality and your dreams um so you can really find that right person because they are out there sometimes it just takes time and patience um to find them instead of kind of rushing or settling with you know other people that are presented before that yeah that's great I think it's you can't understand that when you're kind of in the, like the waiting season if you will it's kind of yeah. like an overused <laughs> word I feel like right now but it's true like you don't realize like um, if you just wait, like it'll get so much better, but I think so many people rush into it. And I made the comment this morning, like, I'd rather be intentional about it now. And like, or I'm, I guess I'm not in that situation, but like, I'd rather a young person be like intentional about it now and kind of like break up with somebody who's learned about a relationship, whatever, then like 15 years on the road and be like, Oh, I actually don't like this person. Like that would suck. <laughs> so yeah. just being cognizant of who you're spending your time with, I guess it's important. Exactly. So um, a lot of our listeners obviously probably are on social media, uh, maybe not um, having the brand um, to the extent that you are, Natalie, which is a-okay, a um, but kind of share uh, like what is the most challenging part um, of having a business um, and your kind of life on display on social media, if you will. Yeah, you know, uh, the positives have always outweighed any negatives, so it's hard for me to really, I guess, and I think part of my personality isn't to like really focus on the struggles either. Um, I will say it is overwhelming, uh, with so many possibilities online to sometimes know what you should be doing. You can see other people successfully doing one thing and you kind of get sidetracked or question, maybe like, should I be doing that? Or could I do that? And so sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming of just the different directions you could take. Um, I have kind of ebbed and flowed through sharing my children online 
which, you know, there are times that I don't want to, and other times I don't mind. And it kind of changes with each child, depending on their age and where they're at. And so that's kind of something that I have kind of worked my way through sharing online as well as like how, you know, personal do I want to be with other people's lives, you know, online, you know, not my life. Um, because I think that's something that we obviously haven't even seen really unfold yet. Like the, you know, children who were shown online, like how that affects them growing up and stuff. And so that's something I worked through, um, you know, negative comments have never really bothered me. That's a question I get almost all the time when I speak in public is like, how do you deal with like the negativity around, you know, animal agriculture or you as yourself? Um, and I think I've always kind of naturally just had thicker skin. And then I've obviously developed extremely thick skin sharing <laughs> online. I think it bothered me, you know, for sure bothered me much more at the beginning of my journey than now. So I wouldn't say that's like a really a, a big struggle I have anymore. Um, but I think now my biggest is like really trying to focus again with all those possibilities and different things you could do. It's like, how do you kind of narrow down um, the things you really want to focus on and chase after? Yeah, that's awesome. And it's very true with just like kind of the online world. It's crazy how many possibilities we have um, just at our fingertips. They're so available to us. Um, so kind of share a little about Discover Ag, um, your podcast. Um, tell our listeners a little bit more about it and where they can find it if they're interested. Yeah. So again, that was very accidental. I have <laughs> consumed podcasts, gosh, for years. I mean, I was listening to them before I even met Luke. I've always loved the podcast space. Um, and I had been asked to do podcasts before with other people and I always turned it down. I just thought like, I don't know what I talk about. You know, I don't quite know how that would work for me. And so to know now to be sitting here. So almost infatuated (laughs) with the podcasting space is funny to me because I just never envisioned it for myself. And I think that's why I always give the advice I gave earlier in the podcast is like, just get going because you'll figure things out and opportunities will be presented and they'll look differently, you know, different places on the road. And so my business partner, Tara, who is also my co-host of the podcast, she's a dairy farmer in New Mexico. Um, we had started a different business online together and honestly, we started podcasting through that business Elevate Ag, which you know was an online course that taught producers how to effectively use social media to share their story online. And we paired the podcast with that course because the course was paid um, or you know costed money. And so we knew there were people out there who maybe wanted to do certain things on social media, but didn't have the funds to invest into our course. And so we thought, oh, well, the podcast will be a great way to offer free value for all those people that want to do that. Um, I will say, which you can probably, you know, attest to Abby, that if you're going to podcast, you have to be like uber passionate about what you're going to podcast, um, because it's for a long period of time and it's every single week. And I think we noticed, well, you know, we love social media and we love helping, you know, a lot of it was like female entrepreneurs in the rural Western ag space. Um, while we loved like helping them start their businesses or careers or passions or whatever it was, um, online, what we were at our core, most passionate about was agriculture. You know, what we got online to share about way back when, you know, five, six years ago, is just the ag industry and conversations within it. And one thing we noticed too, was there was a lot of, um, you know, in this age of social media and online, there's a lot of sound bites that go around, you know, a lot of headlines that people take verbatim, you know, we don't really like click into the article anymore. We take a headline for fact and then we run with it, or we take something we hear in a reel or on TV and that's the news, right? Like we don't deep dive into the article and then we don't deep dive into the sources. Like we just don't go the layers deep anymore. 
And the more and more I recognize that was being done with ag, you know, it's like something would come out in the New York times and it was written by someone who lives in the upper East side. And it's like, never, you know, step foot in production agriculture. I just kept kind of getting frustrated. And so Tara and I had this idea to go to the podcasting space, which is a long form. Um, and create a place around that felt more in tune to our original mission of sharing online and then take those headlines and like deep dive them. So that's what we do every Thursday on our podcast, discover ag, we take the top three trending headlines in the space, the food space kind of that week. And we do it in a very like millennial female way. Um, because I just feel like a lot of people, again, unfortunately, when ags talked about in the news, it's, very stereotyped, right? Um, yeah. Or almost ag for ag. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to make it feel like, you know, any young person, wherever they lived, um, or any female, wherever they lived, um, could connect to food and agriculture in a way that they hadn't before. And so Tara and I really try and keep like, you know, our personalities melded with the podcast. And so we like to say it's like as informative as it is entertaining, kind of. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't, I honestly haven't listened to that many, but that's cool that you take like the three headlines and like deep dive because yeah, for people, even like people like myself, sometimes that are in agriculture, like sometimes it's hard with life to just stay up to date on what's happening. And so um, like having a place that, you know, you can trust people that are on it um, is really helpful. Yeah. Like you said, there are so many things with agriculture that we just don't know about, even though we're an ag, you know, like I have yeah. never step foot on so many different farms and ranches. Like, I don't know how oranges are grown or like what's going on in, you know, like the chocolate industry or the coffee industry, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so like, it, it is fun too. I have learned so much myself and it is fun to kind of like deep dive. Like last week we talked about like Tyson investing in crickets and we've talked about, you know, like farmed salmon and, um, like, like Fenway Park has a farm they grow on the field like it's, so there's just so <laughs> many crazy. cool things yeah there's so many cool things that we kind of deep dive each week um that's really fun to learn about yeah that's awesome well we are about out of time so thank you so much for joining me Natalie um I love just getting to chat with you and I know our listeners um will enjoy getting to hear about your life and what you're doing now and so thank you so much for joining me yeah of course it was fun Thank you for listening to this episode of Limitless. Share this podcast with a friend, give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook, but most importantly, go use your God-given abilities to show the world how you can be Limitless.